So, you know, the, the subject of grief is one that um, really is so difficult to even talk about. And coping with the loss of a close friend or family member may be one of the hardest challenges that many of us actually face. When we lose a spouse, sibling, or a parent, our grief can actually be particularly intense. And most of the time, we're not prepared for such matters. To help us discuss this particular topic, I have with me marriage and relationship expert. She is an executive a master coach, a published author, a spiritual thought leader, and personal and business brand strategist as well. I uh, have with me online Dr. Nelly Kangwa. Ma'am, thank you so much for making time to speak with us this evening. Good evening. How are you? No, we're doing great. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. The the subject matter of grief is one that is so difficult to even begin to talk about. And a lot of people say you cannot talk about grief if you haven't experienced it. Just kindly explain to us um, what grief is uh, for starters, uh, Dr. Nelly. Okay, so um, grief can, can be explained from different angles. It can be the loss of the beloved one. Mm-hmm. It can be also a loss of something that you hold dearly you know, to yourself where you have no control and that particular person, that particular thing has just been taken away from your hands, has disappeared from you. And therefore it causes emotional torture. It causes emotional pain. And that is where grief actually comes from. It comes from the soul place of a human being. Mm. And you agree with me that our culture and society has not taught us how to deal with things that are intangible, the the metaphysical things. We don't know how to deal with a situation. And yes, we find ourselves in complex psychological situation. How do we uh, navigate through all this? Yeah, like you have said, I think culturally we don't really like talking about, you know, such things, uh, especially because we think if maybe we're talking about the loss of the parent, the loss of the child, it means you are casting the child to die or you are casting a parent to die, mm-hmm. which is really not true because if we could have such conversations, you know, prior to them happening, probably the way we would handle them would be better. In that, in the conversation, though you cannot really memorize the steps to healing from grief or how to handle grief because mm-hmm. we deal with grief in a different way, but um, suffice to say, it would be important to have such type of conversations in families on how, you know, some of these things, you know, can happen and what it means to lose a parent, what it means to lose a child. Just generally talking about such type of things and probably how somebody can, you know, go about it generally because there are still general ways though you cannot specifically say do this and do that but there is a way in which you can actually paint the picture of how one can go about it because uh, many times because we don't really talk about these things when death hits for example Mm. because it was never discussed it was never talked about it really, you know, uh, brings in a very bad punch to you know, people's emotions. And as a result, some people end up, you know, uh, going into depression. Some people end up also killing themselves. Some people end up getting very sick and lose out on, um, you know, some, you know, important organs 
in their body stop functioning properly because of the way they'll be able to handle such type of things. So talking about those things are very important. It is something that I've introduced in my home. And sometimes my children say, don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. <laughs> it's I'm scary. Thinking, oh, what would you do if I die? Mm. You know, that's my sister. What would you do if I die? Oh, don't talk about that. I'm saying, but okay, you know that I can die, right? Because I've lost my mom myself. So you know that I can die. So many times when you want to introduce a topic, people want to, you know, uh, shun it. But I think it's important we talk about it. Is there a way that this topic can actually be introduced in homes without anybody feeling uncomfortable? Yes, yes. There, there is a way, like I'm saying, um, it's important to, you know, um, like in most of the homes, there is Bible study, um, they sitting together to have a meal. I think the same way we, we actually take time to read the, the word and maybe even have those family conversations. I think it would be important to really um, emphasize, and um, I'm so glad that um, even as um, you know, uh, as, as you've brought about this particular topic, because rarely have I been asked. I, I can't even say rarely. I think I've never, never been. I'm on radio. I'm on TV. Nobody has ever talked about you know um, this particular topic. So I'm really glad that this topic can even come on air. Mm. So we are mostly told, uh, especially people that are grieving, to to move on. You know, just let it go. Should we? Because sometimes there is that feeling of betrayal to the person that you've lost, and you are scared to move on because you feel you've betrayed the love that you had once had for this person that has left us. Should we move on, Doc? Hmm. You know, it's easier said. It's easier said than done. Um, moving on, yes. You know, there's a point at which somebody has to actually respond. But we need to be very, very careful, especially those that um around this particular person or individual who's going through grief, who has lost a husband, who has lost a child, who has lost a wife. It's very, we need to be very careful how we go about counseling. That is why, you know, um, someone has to really be trained to understand how to help somebody who is going through a situation because in lack of understanding we can end up actually even injuring the person so when for example um when i lost my mom mm. uh, it was um so i've lost you know i've lost my brother my brother was murdered um then just after um, i think about nine months my other brother was also involved in, in a road accident mm. Um, a few, just a few years before these two brothers died, my dad died. And then a few years later, after losing my two brothers, my mom died. So now, when my mom died because I was, um, I was staying with her, you know, she was with me, she was helping me with my children. Mm. After she lost her, her son, she couldn't take it. You know, she couldn't take the, the pain and the betrayal mm. that, um, was feeling. And so losing my mom at that time was, you know, it, it, it really brought so much grief within me. It's like it was a combination of now these other deaths. Exactly. Like I now put it together, you know, as I was going through the experience. Mm. But you'll be surprised. My youngest son was even hit more. He was only 10 years at that time. Mm. was actually hit more because um, he he looked up to the grandmother so much, 
whenever I was not home, I was at work doing whatever the grandmom was there, they played together. It affected his school. Mm. So, you know, it's where when someone comes home and just says, you know what, uh, doc, you just have to move on. Um, you know, you have to move on. And then there are people who want your attention. Mm. You know, it's like, I must just move on. It was not as easy because I think for almost three months, I was hardly sleeping. I was failing to sleep. I was having, you know, just this alertness mm. of take within. So by the time, you know, somebody is coming to you to say, oh, please move on. <laughs> it's not as easy. It took time. Even up to now, this is like 10 years later. There are certain times when I just feel sorrowful. You know, I just so much in pain. I miss her. So even if I've moved on, it matters. You've moved on to where? What is this? What does it mean to move on? Yeah. To move on is now where you begin to, um, you know, to, to think about this person in a most positive way. What do they want you to be? You know, for example, if you are in school, would you stop school? They want you to stop school because they are dead. The answer is no. They would want you to continue with school. Or they want you to not to be sleeping. The mm. answer is no. They would want you to be sleeping. They wouldn't want you to mourn you in pain where you even start, you know, catching up some diseases and where you become unproductive, where you start entering into depression. So when you think about the person, the way you love them, you know, um, you, you, you know that they want the best wherever they are. They want the best for you. So it is in thinking and being grateful to the Lord for the years you've been with this person because first and foremost I tell people to say we are not in control of God giving us that person. For example, if it's the grief due to the loss of a person. Now the, him taking away the person, again we are not in control. So right. it's the reality of, um, you know, parting with the law. So the reality of letting go and appreciating the years that you, you were with a person. Like, you know, my mom was 72. There are some people whose parents, you know, um, uh, died when they were just born. <laughs> but here I was. I was already 40 mm. when my mom passed off. So, you know, it's where you look at life with different perspectives and, of course, the word of God, you know, prayer helps a lot because the pain that one feels, it needs that invisible hand. It needs that, you know, um, invisible, there's this comfort, divine comfort that comes from God. So that is why, you know, one has to gravitate towards God to just get that depth of healing, you know, from inside. So moving on, yes. It is now the steps of how one is going to move on and how they are going to interpret the moving on. There is no, um, you know, it's not like you didn't love the person, you know, more if you move on. It's not like you didn't like the person more if, for example, if it's a spouse and now you want to get married. Because the Bible says when the marriage ends at the time the person dies. But, you know, culturally... If after a year you are seen with a girl or if it's a man who lost their wife or you are seen with a man, it's like, ah, you know, they didn't love the spouse. You know, they want to marry again, whatever. But you know, the, 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 the gap that that person has left, 
you know you find that um, you you need to love again mm. you, know, you need to and you need to live again so life still must continue even when we have lost beloved ones it is important for us to encourage ourselves from within you know that um we need to move on we need life to continue there are other people you know like i heard after somebody you know um or lost a husband mm-hmm. they just refused to leave you know following week they also died and left three children mm, you know so sad. that is yeah that is selfish you know so if you can't tell the person who's dead that you are selfish but seriously <laughs> you know, when you really refuse to leave because your spouse has died and then you leave the children very very you know uh broken you know losing parents one week apart mm. so yeah you mentioned something very, very interesting, Doc, um, about um, having somebody who's trained to actually help you get through the process. How long should grief go on? And at what point do you need professional help? Um, I, I think prof- professional help, uh, you cannot really determine at what point. But especially when you observe that um, you, you, are, you, are, you are not healing. You know, the grief is not really, you know, getting to the place where, because this, there are stages, you know, there's a stage of denial. You know, receive news about, you know, the loss of somebody, you go through denial. Then from denial, you go through the mourning process. After mourning process, you go through acceptance. Now, those stages, you know, they, they vary. Other people will go through acceptance and denial. So you can actually mix them up. But, you know, the process within, you know, after you've buried somebody, after a week, after two weeks, there is a way in which, you know, uh, this whole pain starts subsiding. And so when people begin to observe, especially people that are surrounding the person, observe that um, they are not improving, it's always good to seek for professional help, you know, to seek before it goes, because to bring somebody out of depression becomes more challenge. So when you just start observing that the person, you know, you can assess. Within two weeks, within three weeks, somebody must start now walking into another road of uh, comfort, of healing. And when that is not happening, you can call somebody, you know, who's the professional in that area. Or the church, you know, people help a lot. Pastors help a lot, you know, to um, uh, healing and comfort to Mm. the person who is undergoing the grief. Mm. So there's uh, something that I came across uh, when I was uh, preparing for this interview. It's called grief shaming. You know, different cultures have certain ways in which they express their grief. And if you don't grieve in a way, they expect you to other traditions, dance and sing as an expression of, of, of grief. Others prefer total silence. Others say you should wear black for 30 days or cut your hair. I remember one of my aunties, um, been grief shamed after she bathed three days into the the funeral they were like ah she's even bathing the husband just died how do we come to consensus with issues like that in terms of difference of cultures um in terms of how we grieve you know seriously because we are we have we come from different you know cultural backgrounds i think it's important as families to have some conversations i remember when um when i we lost our our, our brother we had to have a conversation around, you know, this culture thing. Mm. The people from the village, they had their own way they wanted to do things. 
But then we start and we look, I think we've got to deal with this thing because the person has lost. Then you don't want her to eat with salt. You don't want her to eat with other people. You don't want her to bath. You know, and, you know, you, you, there's a way in which when you bath, you feel refreshed, you know, and that doesn't mean you didn't love the person. So um, we had to actually come in and we, we formulated our own new culture, you know. <laughs> not, yeah. really, not really putting down our elders, but we had to reason with them, mm. you know, to say, look, I think this, yeah, you know, it used to work a long time ago. This time, no, this is how we feel we want to do. And so we let our sister-in-law not go through what, um, you know, other people were, you know, deeming as this is the love that, you know, is being shown. So really it differs from family to family. And um, as families, I think you can still arise and change certain, you know, uh, cultures that are backwards, that are retrogressive, that are, you know, more damaging. That is why there is a lot of um, hurt between a husband's family, wife's family. You know, mm. after blood, there is quarreling, there is all these things, which shouldn't really be the case because both you have lost. You, the owner, the so-called owner of the person, if that is your brother or that is your son, you have lost. Also, this woman has lost a husband. The children, they've lost a father. So these things, I think it is really, especially women, I think we've had conversations around this. Women are the ones, because, you know, there's one that you want to make the other friend to suffer. Mm. You know, and it, it, right. Men, I think in our culture, they are not as harsh and hard when it comes to keeping all these cultures. It goes from even the kitchen parties or wedding. It is the women who are really complicated and wanting to make the, all these things get more complicated. So they are the ones who reinforce the law of what a woman must go through, you know, when she's lost and whatever. So I think we need to be talking. Mm. We need to be discussing these things. We need to be, um, you know, having conversations around them in order for us to come to where, you know, uh, it, it, the burden is lightened. Right. So through conversations, like just this conversation I'm having with you, talking about these things over and over, we will help, you know, um, enlighten a lot of people and it will help them, you know, face these challenges better when they go through them. Mm. There is a, a certain type of grief that is so confusing, Doc, is it possible to grieve over something that hasn't gone away yet? Like maybe a relationship that is not working or a terminally ill grandmother. She hasn't died, but you're grieving. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? And is it okay? Uh, and no. Um, Given two examples, like um, if, somebody, if somebody has got incurable disease and you see them suffer, they are bedridden, you know, um, you can grieve. Yes, you can go through so much pain. And that is why you find that um, some people, when they've nursed somebody for a long time, you know, that time, you know, they were, they were grieving. There are some people who have nursed their beloved ones for five years. The person has been bedridden for five years. They've got to change their diapers and all. You can grieve, you know, through that period, you know, a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, as for relationship, I'm, I'm, I'm a little harsh on that because um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm a little harsh on that. Grieving over a relationship, really, 
you know, uh, uh, you know, because I think um, the person is not worth your heart. Um, if the person has, has decided to move on and uh, they've left you and everything, they they were just not meant for you. So um, that I usually encourage a lot of people in my sessions to really preserve their heart for better things mm. than grieving over a human being who's not worth it for your heart. You know? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and finally, my last question would be, can you still love what you have lost? Like maybe an, an ex-husband who you were married with for a long time, marriage didn't work out. Are you able to miss them, but you lost them at the same time? Um, like, like loving them again. Mm. This question, like loving them, like loving an ex again. Not necess- necessarily, but can you still love what you have lost? Yes, yes, you can. You can still, you know, because, um, for example, if um, you lost, um, you lost a man or you lost a woman, maybe you were married, and then uh, the person maybe divorced, and maybe you even exchanged bad words. I have seen people that have reconciled. Mm. You know, I've seen people that reconciled and they've loved again and they've appreciated what they lost, you know, um, better when they've reconciled. So, yes, there are certain circumstances that, um, you know, I've encountered where people have loved again after they lost a person. They've gotten back again and they've gotten, you know, love again and things happen, you know, even in a better way. So, Mm. yes, yeah. All right. I would I would want to continue this conversation, but this is all we had time for, Dr. Nelly. In case uh, people would want to get in touch with you uh, with more questions, how do they do that? Okay, so they can find me on all social media platforms. My handle is Dr. Nelly Tangwa. Nelly with I-E, not Y. So you can find me everywhere on the social media platforms and we can have conversations around that. How did I find my healing after the loss and what also led to some of the losses. There are a lot of things that I get to discuss there. Mm. Thank you so much. In conversation there with uh, Dr. Nelly Kangwa, she is a minister, master coach, she's an author, UN Special Ambassador, speaking to us about grief and how you can navigate through that.